provides, you know, it doesn't make sense on, on paper. But God likes to show himself really big. So trust him. Okay, that had nothing to do with the message. So let's jump in. Today I want to talk to you about um, the mystery of God. The title is actually The Mystery of God. An article written by Billy Graham says the word mystery is used many times in scripture. Some of the mysteries of the past have been fathomed by science. Others still bewilder mankind. This fact remains. All of the garnered wisdom of the ages is only a scratch on the surface of man's search for the knowledge of the universe. For the most part, God retains his secrets and man, standing on his intellectual tiptoes, can comprehend only a small fraction of the Lord's doings. This inability to comprehend fully the mysteries of God does not in any way curtail the Christian faith. On the contrary, it enhances our belief. We do not understand the intricate pattern of the stars in their courses, but we know that he who created them does. And that just as surely as he guides them, he is charting a safe course for us. I'm not going to try to explain God to you. That's ridiculous. But simply I want to help us, one, to encourage you on how to rest when you're going through those unknown times. And two, how to be the person that God can confide in. You want to know his secrets? You want to know his plans? You want to know those things in those unknown times? Well, he'll only share those with those he can confide in. So first, resting in the unknown times. Turn with me in two scriptures we're going to get to in just a minute. The first one is Isaiah 55. And the second one is Genesis 18. And I'm sorry, this is bugging me. I'm going to take these dangly earrings off because they keep hitting my microphone. Some people kick off their shoes when they get in the anointing. I guess I throw off the earrings. Won't do that again. That bugged me. Did it bug anybody else? Jeez. Lord, help me. I got to get over this. Resting in the unknown times. It's almost oversimplistic to make this statement, but we really need to get this. We have to be okay in the mystery of God. And I know for some of us A-type personalities that have to know that we really have to get back to the it's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay. It's just okay. The best miracles happen outside the realm of our understanding and reasoning. Think about it. You go through the scripture. A borrowed axe head sinks, right? So let's throw a stick in the water so it will float to the top. A blind man. Let's spit in the mud and throw some of that right on his. And then he'll go see. What? Go 
dip yourself in the water seven times to be healed with by leprosy. What? Think about it. Why, why do some people need to believe, have faith to believe for their healing, to receive their healing, but others, they can just be sitting there and he's like, okay, time for you to get healed. What? Why are some sicknesses blamed on sin and others, like the man born blind, was not caused from anyone's sin? We have to be okay with the unknown. It's okay. Keep the mystery of God in the okay position. Think about your car, you know, reverse, park, neutral. Imagine that there's an okay position right there. That you can continue to live, you can continue to go on when you don't know. It's got to be okay. It's okay not to know all the details not to know the formula, not to know the right things to speak even all the time or the right things to pray. Well, I can't pray for them. What am I supposed to say? I don't know, but do it anyway. It should be a huge relief to us to understand that God's miracles are not contingent upon our ability but simply his Holy Spirit working through us. I like that. I've been listening to a lot of God's generals. And right now I'm just repeating all the books I have and all the extended edition books I have on Smith Wigglesworth. Why? Because just like Pastor Neil shared, the spirit of prophecy is in the testimony. I love hearing testimonies of weird, freakish things. Because it just opens my mind to God's bigness. You know, I, I love hearing the testimonies that, you know, Bill Johnson shares and other greats in the faith where they see people had metal parts put in their body, but when they prayed for them, they actually ejected from their body and falls to the floor. And they're looking at that metal part on the floor. That a bone that was not there before all of a sudden appears. How, how does that happen? Well, did, do you really believe that God forgot how to put you together? That there might not be spare parts in heaven? Actually, I heard a prophecy that somebody saw an open vision of a room in heaven, all these spare parts. And it freed them to the place where they could pray for people who were missing parts of their body. You know, like somebody was born without, you know, a, a finger. And they're like, well, hold on. I know exactly where that is. We're going to go to heaven and we're going to grab that part for you. God's got it. And watch it grow. Isaiah, my son, said he was at a conference with another friend of his. And they were up front and praying for this person who had no ear. And he watched that ear grow. You think God forgot how to do that? I love hearing those testimonies because it reminds me it's okay to keep God's mystery in my life. It's okay. I don't have to know. I don't have to be in, in uh, saying the right things, doing, you know, praying. You know, it's not about me at all. It's all about God. Keep God in that 
mystery, keep the mystery of God in that okay position. Think about it. It's much easier to rest when we don't have to figure it all out ourselves. Actually, you can't rest when you're trying to figure it out yourself. Worry, stress, anxiety, fear, they're all thieves to not only suck life out of you and make it impossible for you to rest, but it keeps your attention focused on a thousand other things instead of the one thing. Worry, stress, anxiety, fear, they're all thieves. It's during those unknown times that you need to focus on the one thing. And in that, you'll find rest. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? Anything other than that is not the kingdom of heaven. So when you're facing situations when whatever happens in your house or in your workplace or in your car or wherever you're at, if it's not righteousness, peace, and joy, it's not of the kingdom. And it needs not to be part of you. And actually, you need to take authority over that. Righteousness, right? Standing with God and I'm in line with his, his commands, his virtues, his, his nature. Righteousness. Peace and joy. Anything other that is not the kingdom that you need to be part of or that's trying to interrupt your kingdom. If it's trying to press into your kingdom, nope, not having it. I'm going to focus on righteousness, peace, and joy. Actually, you just focus on God and those things naturally come. And sometimes, like Amy was encouraging us, it has to be done out of a sacrifice. Well, I don't feel like joy. Oh, well. Act like joy in you <laughs> and your feelings will catch up with you. Your, your feelings are not your master. There's to be your slave. So don't be led by them. Make them follow you because they're good. They just cannot be your master. You can't choose to worship when you feel like it. Please, you'll never feel like it. Our human nature is not to worship. That's the sacrifice. That's how we give honor to. I love it. Uh, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. God's saying, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How's that supposed to comfort us? How's that supposed to help us rest? Because you don't need to know. He's got this. He's a big, big God. It's okay. That should go. <sighs> oh, you mean I don't have to carry that? He says, I, I, I think way above what you're thinking. So if it's on your mind, why wouldn't it be on his mind? If it concerns you like Jessica's testimony, do you think God doesn't care that she as a mother and, and Aaron as a father wants to give good gifts to their children? Actually, isn't that in the word? Didn't we just read that last week? 
if you who are evil know and want, right, to give good things to your children, why wouldn't the Heavenly Father? So have you ever, as an older adult, have you ever been able to bless one of your older children so that they could bless one of their children? How did that make you feel? You think God wouldn't be pleased to arrange the opportunity for them to be able to give a gift? Of course he wants to. Our greatest blessings, our greatest miracles, our greatest praise, and our greatest joy that we can give back to God is when we didn't go to somebody else to find our own miracle. But we simply trusted him. God, you know. And he goes, you know what, I'll take care of that one. When we focus our attention on knowing the why to every problem or situation, we are demanding that God explains himself to us. Well, I don't know why this is happening and I'm not going to do it. If God doesn't, what? We don't need to know why. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So how do we rest in these unknown times? Last Wednesday, while I was praying for a couple of friends of mine who are going through this, let's just call it unknown time. God gave me what I believe will be the ending to this book I've been writing called Preaching Through the Pain. And the epilogue is simply titled Purpose to the Pain. So allow me to just read this to you. I guess the biggest question and roadblock at times to every pain is in knowing what's the purpose. Is there a purpose? Anyone can undergo pain, whether short or long term, if the purpose is made clear. It's when we sit in the middle of this pain without a reason that can cause us to lose heart. Common questions like, is this God? Or is this an attack of the enemy? Is God trying to Get something out of me, or is the enemy trying to put something in me? Then what do we do when we turn to God for answers and all we hear is the echo of crickets chirping? The unknown reason, the purpose for this pain, seems to be the elusive anchor we search for in our storm. But will knowing the why really keep us from the pain? What if the purpose is to teach us to trust him when we don't have the answer? Can knowing we don't need to know become our purpose through every pain? What if we simply resolve to trust and obey? As the old hymn declares, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. So keep your eyes focused on God, not on your problem, not even on the answer, just on God. That's how you can rest in the unknown times. And number two, how do we be the person that God can confide in? You know, Jesus taught in parables. He even explained to the disciples in Mark 4.11 why he taught in parables. He said, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, 
get everything in parables. Why? Well, think about this. We would call a person crazy who runs around to everyone and shares their secrets with them, right? But those that come close to us, we come closer to them. And in that close relationship, that's when we find one we can confide in, right? Same way with God. God wants to come in close. So he asks us to come in close. So he, he gives these little snippets and says, do you want to search them out? Do you want to know more? You know, that little bit of milk. <laughs> do you want more? Do you want to suck on milk the rest of your life? Or do you want a juicy piece of steak? Proverbs 3.20 3.32 says the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. Psalm 25.14 says the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. I want to be the one the Lord can confide in but it will only come in this close relationship. And that's where I want to pick up this story uh, of Abraham in Genesis 18. Starting at verse 1. So the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Get three seas of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to his servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk in the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Jump over to verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Verse 20. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Verse 22. The men turned away. And went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Actually it says the ancient Hebrew. T 
text of that scripture says, but the Lord remained standing before Abraham. Abraham was one that God could confide in. Think about it. He's walking with Abraham. And he goes, you know what? I can tell him. The Lord remained standing before Abraham. Why? Because he just confided something in him for a reason. The Lord will always confide in you for a reason. Why? Well, if you go on to read this story, so that Abraham would then rise up, partner with him. What? For the people. The Lord wants to confide in you to be able to partner with you. Not about you. Listen, that's one thing. And Lord, we thank the Lord when we get to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? But our mission here is to be the salt that makes the world taste and see that the Lord is good. So let's look at this. How do we become the person that God can confide in? One, Abraham was found resting. When we're busy about doing this and we're busy about doing this and going through this and going through that, God's like, ahem. He was found resting. So that first point, when you're all consumed with what you're going through, how can you help other people going through what they're going through? Well, am I just supposed to ignore what I'm going through? No, just don't let it take your attention. Don't let it take your attention. I, I, you know, we could have sat in for huge, huge reasons uh, be so inwardly focused on, you know, how am I going to make this and I got to do this and I got to do that, right? But I can't rest. He was found resting. That's where it starts. Do you think he had work to do? Yep. It says in the heat of the day. Well, I know what you're thinking. I went to Mexico a few different times and they all in the heat of the day take a little siesta why because it's too hot who wants to be working outside right but it never caused them to lose focus that even in his rest he was still looking for the Lord well I need to rest it's after five o'clock I do it this is my time well, then fine. It's going to be all about you. And you won't find yourself partnering with God. So even in your rest times, number one, you should be at a place of rest all the time. That's that peace. That's the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just a physical rest. It's a spiritual rest. You should be at rest all the time. There should be that peace in you all the time. If it's not, you need to push it out. And sometimes it comes by repenting. Lord, I'm so sorry. I just missed that. 
you know. I I got to, anybody know Facebook market, right? I have a small problem with Facebook market. I like it. Because there's junk sitting around the house, and I'm like, I haven't touched that in years. Why don't I try to, and people buy it. I mean, Brian and I was just laughing our heads off because, you know, it's in what in a couple of hours, three little things we hadn't touched in forever. It's like $45. High five. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but one of these trips, you know, the person actually came to our house. As she was walking in the house, I walked over to get the item. And I heard her saying about, oh, I just spent, it's been one of those days. And I kind of, I don't know, toned her out. Because I was thinking about getting the thing, getting there in the hand, getting the money out, out of the house, you know, got things to do, places to go, right? And not even an hour later, I looked at Brian and I'm like, oh, I missed that. So did you realize she was trying to tell us something that she was going through and I just pushed her out of the house? So I, of course, repented, you know, asked God, forgive me. I messaged her. And I, I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? You are starting to say something that you're going through, and I just pushed you out of my house. Please forgive me. Is there something you're going through that I could pray with you about? So what kind of mess up? Don't think that, oh, I'm a horrible worm, and then go three weeks into depression because you missed it. Suck it up, ask for forgiveness, and go fix it. You know, so you got to turn your vehicle around and go back. Who cares? So you got to send a text or a phone call. My gosh, you know, how horrible would that be? But you need to be finding yourself resting all the time in God, not being lazy. Resting. That's where it starts. Abraham knew it was the Lord because he was looking for the Lord. Think about that. If you're always looking for problem, guess what's going to find you? Problems. If you're always seeing the negative in life, guess what you're always going to see? The negative in life. He saw the Lord because he was looking for the Lord. This was what they call a theophany, right? Right? I'm looking at my Bible scholars, right? Right? Theophany which is a manifestation of Jesus before Jesus actually came to earth. If I use that word correctly, we've all learned something. <laughs> if not, just, Lord, don't let them remember that. Why? Because he was looking for him. If you're looking for the Lord in your daily life, you'll find the Lord. But you have to be resting. You have to be in that place of rest. Otherwise, if you're in turmoil... If your mind's going a million miles an hour and your heart's all about all these things, you'll never be able to rest and see the Lord. I like it. The next one is Abraham wasted no time in serving the Lord. Did you hear those? Are those what are adverbs? Is that what it's called? Or are they just verbs? I really suck at English. I think it's verbs, which are action words, right? He hurried. Okay, I'm seeing the nuts. Thank you. He hurried. He went quickly. He ran. He didn't go, yeah, sit down. I'll be with you in a few minutes. 
right? Said he, hurry. He ran. He grabbed it. He said, Sarah, quickly, get that food. Servant, go do the, right? He wasted no time in serving the Lord. When God tells you to do something, don't consult with a hundred other people and wait and let's ponder and let's see. You're going to miss the opportunity. He hurried quickly. He wasted no time. Just do it. I mean, think about it. Sorry, this is going to, it's going to sound horrible. As a mother, you're going to have these little kids and they're going to go from tablespoon medicine to pill form, right? That you have to give them a pill that they have to swallow, right? You ever been through that, just swallow it, and they still have the pill on the end of their tongue? I can't swallow it, you know? And you're like... Dude, swallow it. You chew food this big and it goes, you know, and it, come on, right? I raised six kids and we all went through that. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be here. This, we're going on hour number three here. Swallow it. There's only the little skin left on the pill, you know, but you're going to swallow that, <laughs> right? No, some of you are really, okay. If you just do it quickly, don't think about it too much. Just do it quickly. When God tells you to go do something, you're like, ooh, I can't. Just go do it quickly. <laughs> it's not as bad as when you focus on it because then you're, oh, what if? And then it, oh, oh, oh. You know, go pray for that person over there in that next aisle at the, you know, grocery store. What? <gasps> but what if? I don't, but just go do it quickly <laughs> because then all these fears come up and oh, nah, ooh. Just go do it quickly. Swallow the pill quickly. Goes down a lot faster. The next one is Abraham stood near them. While they were eating, Abraham stood near them. Wherever God is, you need to be. Stay near him. He said, you draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Where is he? Everywhere. Well, then how can I stand near him? Just step out of where you've been and get near him. So if you always have been in the third row, second seat in, in worship, and that's where you've been the last three years. How about you take a step closer <laughs> next week? Well, I've never done that. Good. Come closer. I think this is that word I got in pre-service prayer. When God is encouraging you through somebody else or through a message or even, you know, it, he's speaking right to your heart. And it's a challenge or it's a, um, an invitation to come in closer, whether it's through worship, come in closer, raise your hands. Why should I raise my hands? I don't have to raise my hands. You know, bow down. Why should I have to bow down? I shouldn't. 
Maybe it's in, in giving. Giving more. Well, why do I have to give more? Somebody else can give. I don't have to give. I give other ways. I don't have to give my money. When there is an invitation to go in deeper, to come in closer to God, do you really want to take a defensive stand to stay where you're at? Come on, if we're all in this together, don't we want the best for each other? So how will it benefit me if Steve gets closer to God? Because he's part of the body that I'm a part of. So if Steve gets closer, I get closer. You wonder why? Why is everybody always picking on me about giving more? Why is everybody always picking on me about doing more? Why does everybody want me to go and raise my hands for worship? Well, because if you're part of the body, we're part of the body. You win, we win. You lose, we lose. I mean, you ever have a part of your body that just doesn't want to get in line and it's like a dead weight that you're dragging around? Don't you want to speak to that leg? Buck up, get in line, start doing what you're called to do? And what if you, well, I know how you are. Look at you, the hand, you just, what you hang out there. Why shouldn't I hang out there? Oh, that's going to fix it. So I got in pre-service prayer that, that challenge to, to give to all of us. That when we hear that invitation, we'll call it. Not, people, some people don't like to be challenged. I do. I like a challenge. Go ahead. I dare you. Don't ever double dog dare me to do anything. I mean it. Because I'll turn the dare back on you too. I like a challenge. Some people don't like the challenge. They get very defensive you start talking to somebody and you see their arms go up and start to cross like oh it's all over now but the fat lady singing ah! there you go it's over <laughs> don't get defensive think that that's part of the body that wants better for you because we all win we're all in this together okay waste no time abraham stood near him I mean, you can't leave part of your body outside the presence of God. All of you stand near him. Come on. So we all want to encourage each other. That's why at the, the end, I, I more than likely always call everybody up. Why? Because we're in this together. Come on, as a body, let's press in. Come on, as a body, let's stand near. Come on, as a body, let's join our prayers together. Why? Because one might put 10,000, but two can put 10,000. So let's do this together. Let's stand near. The next one is Abraham walked along with them. I like that, that he walked with them. In their mission, he walked with them. So Abraham was found resting. Abraham was looking for the Lord. Abraham wasted no time in serving the Lord. Abraham stood near them. Abraham was walking with them. Then, then the Lord said, 
Should I hide from Abraham what I'm about ready to do? Then the Lord found one he could confide in. Then the Lord, oh, I love this scripture and didn't even find this out till this morning. Then the Lord remained in Abraham's presence. Oh, I like that. Because he's like, now I just confided in you. What are you going to do with it? See, the other two turned and went on their way. But the Lord remained in Abraham's presence. Oswald Chambers says, At the beginning of our Christian life, we are full of requests to God. But then we find that God wants to get us into an intimate relationship with himself. To get us in touch with his purposes, tell us his plans, share his heart. Are we so intimately united with him that we hear the secrets of God? What makes God so dear to us is not so much what he does for us, but what he does with us. Because that's what shows his amazing intimacy with us. There will always be times in our lives when we need an answer. When we would like an explanation. Or a formula. Or the right words to pray or to say. But we must resolve like Abraham. To rest in him, look for him, waste no time in serving him, stand near him, walk with him. And it's in that close relationship that God can find you, find me, to be one he can confide in and partner with. That's what I want. So Amy, would you come back up? I want to open up the altars. Would you stand? Trying to look around the room earlier to make sure. Um, and I believe we're, we're all amongst Christians. But I don't want to miss it. If in your life, in your walk right now, you feel like you need to rededicate your life. Or maybe you're in here and, and I've just missed it and you haven't ever began a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's your Lord and Savior. Please don't leave today without doing that. And there's people at the altar, myself included, that will pray with you. All right? But I think the altar call, um, I want to focus on, on two things. One is if you're going through an unknown time, 
and you would like us to pray with you to just find rest in that okay, we want to do that. And if God gives you a word or gives the person praying for you a word, great. But we want to pray that you can find rest no matter what you're going through. Righteousness, peace, and joy. See, we have to we have to maintain that kingdom within in order to affect the kingdom without or outside. If we can't If we don't resolve and I'm not saying you don't make mistakes and my goodness if we could just get over this mistake and weeks and weeks of you know I'm a failure I'm a failure would do wonders for all of us to be able to fall a thousand times as Proverbs says and jump right back up again dust ourselves off and keep going be quick, be quick to repent, be quick to serve the Lord. So you're, you're going to screw up a hundred times. I have, I don't care. I probably just did by saying that word. So, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. So when I say that the kingdom within you should be righteousness, peace, and joy, and all of a sudden you get this condemning, guilty feeling that I'm also less than that, or my household is all... So less than that, don't go into a, oh, woe is me. Just resolve to go after it. Go after it. Go after God. Go after God. Be looking for him. Peace. Joy. Laugh in your house. Laugh out loud. When those unknown times come and, and you don't know what else to do, why not laugh? Remember, I shared that with you guys a while ago that, you know, Brian and I was going through a whatever time. And we were talking while I was making these muffins and spreading these white chocolate chips on these chocolate muffins. And um, I was so encouraged. I was telling Brian, I said, really believe that the Lord just spoke to me and, and reminded me of that scripture where he says, um, I sat in heaven and I laugh at my enemies. That we need to do the same thing. Just start laughing. And I looked down and where I was scattering these white chocolate chips right in the middle of this one. And I took a picture of it so I'd never forget. Was two eyes, a nose, and a great big smiley face on one of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Brian, look at this. He goes, did you do that? I said, you saw me. I was just looking at you, throwing out white chocolate chips. And God is so good that he gives us these little reminders when we're looking for him. So laugh. Peace. Come on. But if you're going through an unknown time, we want to. We're part of the body. We're in this together. We want to pray with you to find that peace, find that joy again. And then the second one is, are you willing to be the person God can confide in? Are you willing? You see, Abraham had to do things in order to finally get the Lord to stand in his presence and confide in him.
that I want to give for the altar. So if you would just bow your head, I want to ask you those questions again. Are you here today going through an unknown time and you'd like us to pray with you to find that rest? Would you just raise your hand so I can see you? Yep. Yep. You ever ask something like this and you think, I'm not raising my hand because I should know better than this? Raise your hand. Yep. I shouldn't be going through this, so I'm not going to raise my hand because I shouldn't be feeling this. That's just a lie. The enemy don't want you to. I see your hands. I see your hand. What's wrong with that? You're not called to perfection. He's perfect. Come on. We need each other. And then who's who's willing to become the person that God can confide in? I want to be that person. I'm ready to make today the commitment today to be the one that will stay in that place of rest, that will stay looking for God in everything, that will quickly do, quickly do whatever God tells me to do, that will continue to stand near God, that will continue to walk close with God so that he'll confide in me so I can partner and he can partner with me. If that's you, raise your hand. Yep. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's close by pressing into God. So come on up. And if you raised your hand for any one of those things, you need to get up close, close. Come on, let's let's begin praying for each other. Amy's just going to start worshiping. We can worship, pray with each other, talk to each other. Talk to each other. Talk to each other. Do you need prayer for somebody? <laughs>